you for listening to this message from the North Gate. So in the 23rd Psalms, one of the biggest pieces that we miss is that literally David writes as a shepherd that the rod and the staff is comfort. If anybody knows anything about shepherding, the key piece of the rod and the staff bringing comfort is there's a hook on the neck of the staff that when a sheep wants to wander away, he takes that hook and yanks it by the neck and it's not gentle. He hooks it, redirects it. Okay, it's like, you ever seen a dog that tries to get away and they put that loop around it and it goes nuts? That's the same thing with a wandering sheep. So that is for that, and then the bottom side of that, when a shepherd's staff stands up and he's guiding his sheep, he takes the bottom part of that staff and he cuffs them in the shoulder to give them direction. So literally, biblically, it says, the rod and thy staff comfort me. One of the things that we miss out of the New Testament teaching is that three quarters of the New Testament, and it cracks me up when people are like, why are preachers so corrective? Have you not read Paul's teachings? When he told them to beware of this and beware of that and stay away from this and stay away. Did Jesus himself not stay, stay away from the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of the Sadducees, which was direction and recalibration and correction? And so in that, sometimes we need to be recalibrated in the church to give us direction. Why? Because the biggest thing that the church is missing in revival culture is longevity. In a revival culture, we're not talking about build a building, fill it up, and being at that building for 30, 40, 50 years. Listen, I'm thankful that even as a pastor, this is our third building. You know what this has taught us and taught our kids? Don't be tied to a piece of property. Well, brother, I'm third generation. I don't care if you're third generation, Church of God, Symbols of God, Episcopalian, Catholic, I don't care. The problem with the children of Israel, with the wilderness, they stayed too long. What once turned into a place of salvation turned into a place of prison because they stayed too long. And that's what's wrong with religion. There will be things that the Lord will use to draw you to him. And inside of that, you'll stay too long inside of that teaching, that doctrine, whatever God. Because at that point, that's what God was speaking to you through. Because literally, that's the only lens that you could hear from. And because that was the only lens that you could hear from, that's the way God was speaking to you. But there is a way that in maturity that he'll speak to you through the kingdom that, listen, when we hear straight is the gate and narrow is the way and there's few that find it, that teaching cannot be about heaven because literally Abraham was promised the stars of the sky. There's a little bit of difference of the millions and millions of the stars of the sky and the few that find it. And so in that, we'll take simplistic preaching and teaching and tell people straight is the gate and that gate leads to heaven. That gate does not lead to heaven. That gate leads to Jesus and Jesus will lead you to the kingdom and it's the kingdom that few will find. Wow, come on. The straight gate cannot be and will not be anybody else but Jesus Christ himself. And when you enter the in dimension of Christ, nobody teaches on dimensions anymore. Why? Because we stay in the systematic preaching of freedom to prison, freedom to prison, freedom to prison. Where do you want to spend eternity, heaven or hell? And God's going, I told you on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. But that on earth as in heaven was only one thing and it was the kingdom. And so in that, 
Here's what we have to understand about few finding the kingdom. Few finding the kingdom is a few finding the kingdom, but it's a few that's going to be so knitted together, so intertwined together that they tap into something that they together, Romans 8, can be interwoven into a family into such a degree that you can hold a measure of the weight of glory. And what we want that weight of glory to be is a Brownsville revival where three million people get saved, but they don't flip the world upside down. And literally Jesus takes 12 men that got so interwoven over their pride. Who's the greatest? Shut up and wash each other's feet. Jesus takes 12, corrects them over their selfishness, makes them wash each other's feet, and we want to figure out how many people we can jam in a building and call that revival because they picked heaven over hell. That's the easiest decision on the planet earth. Get anybody with a brain in a building, show them a picture of hell and a picture of heaven in your man-made ideology way, and guess what they're going to pick 100% of the time? Heaven. Easiest thing on the planet evangelism for heaven or hell is the easiest thing on the planet. Teaching somebody repentance unto metanoia, the Greek word, change the way you think and think like a kingdom man is the hardest thing on the planet. Why? Because we're being obligated by the earth. We're being obligated by the earth, but the obligation of the earth should only be that we bring heaven here. That's why we're losing in every single area. Divorce, losing. Racism, losing. Political realm losing. The atmosphere, global warming losing. We're losing in every area. And here's what the love of God's saying. We're right on time. Why are we right on time? Because he's looking for a handful of people that say, listen, heaven is my reward if I die tomorrow. But if I'm going to stay here, I'm not going to sit and watch everything go to hell. I'm I'm done with it. I'm done watching everything go to hell. I'm watching everything. And all we're going to say is, well, God bless them, brother. No, I'm going to raise up sons and daughters in the earth to go take over the seven mountains of culture and implement thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the schools, in the political realm, doctors, lawyers, teachers. My God, that brother's got a gift to speak. Quit telling me he's a preacher. He might be a philosopher or a scientist. Because we seem to forget the great revivalists like Smith Wigglesworth was a plumber and the starter of the Salvation Army, but everybody just wants to preach like Smith and raise the dead. But we forget that he was a plumber and we forget that Charles Finney was a lawyer in New York City and we forget that William Seymour in the Great Awakening in Los Angeles in 1905, we forget the Azusa Street Reviver was a black college student in the time of civil chaos. Because what did these men have that we did not have? And it was not a gift. They had a radical hunger. And God is calling believers back to when you wake up in the morning. Is your walk with the Lord radical or is it routine? Is it walk radical or is it routine? What are you doing in your daily life? Brother, why you got to preach all this radical stuff? Because literally the context that we've so watered down is for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's a little bit radical. If I'm not giving up my son for anybody, but he gave up his son and we want routine Christianity with radical results, but it was a radical father and a radical son that were willing to give up anything. What have you given up lately? Oh, we're going back in the Nazarite stuff? No, but you can't be lethargic and lazy and expect a radical awakening. 
You can't. So the evangelist in me is getting all stirred up this past week because the Lord's waking me up in the midnight hour and says Christianity can only be radical. Cannot be anything else. It cannot be anything else. It cannot be true Christianity and not be transformative. It cannot be true Christianity if it doesn't cost you something. Because if it was salvation that he gave his life for us, you somewhere have to give up so that you can gain. Jesus clearly said those that give their life, those that lose their life, you give up your life will gain the world. Blessed is the peacemaker from somebody who makes peace. Blessed is the peacemaker for they shall be called what? Sons of God. Somebody who puts their hands to something. This is not about striving. This is about being obedient. God needs you the same way he needed Joshua. God needs you the same way he needed Daniel. God needs you the same way he needed David. God needs you the same way he needed Peter. God needs you. God needs you. God needs you to be you. And sitting there and thinking the pinnacle of Christianity is how can we market our church with a consumer base, with some jumpy houses and a good children's program and a good pizza party youth program and expect to change the world. That's not going to happen. So are we against that stuff now? No. But that can't be the pinnacle. And it's become the pinnacle when his house was called to be what? A house of prayer. I'll jump in the jumpy house with the kids, but I'm going to jump up here with them first. I'll eat pizza with the kids, but I'm going to teach them how to come to prayer meeting first. We have to ask ourselves, real Christianity in every single way is a radical Christianity, and we're falling in the complacency. We're falling into the big speaker, the big anointing. We're looking for the big show, and that is not what is going to change the world. It's a handful of like-minded people that are so crazy for God. I believe the last day revival will not be about preachers. It'll be about family. How do you know that? I'm going to 43 years. I've heard some of the greatest preachers on the planet. Guess what? I have not seen the third great awakening. Everywhere I read in scripture, God was giving us nuggets about looking for a people that would come together. A people that would come together. When I started this ministry almost 10 years ago, the first thing the Lord began to talk to me about was God gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the unifying of the body till when Christ returns. I don't think that was even about the rapture. Oh, man. Oh, man. I don't think that was about the rapture. You know what I think that was about? I wasn't thinking about until he shows up for a third great awakening. Because this time it won't fizzle like the first and it won't be there. Because listen, guess what? I'm not hearing prophesied from anybody. A fourth. And we shouldn't be looking for a fourth. The third should finish it all. The third should raise up kids that will go run a cancer ward empty. The third should be raising up that a generation runs into crack houses and watches them be empty. Come on, we're talking about the power of Almighty God. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead was not so we could have full church buildings and you get 10 points in a poem about having a good life. No, you're supposed to raise up sons and daughters that have the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. 
it. These signs shall follow them that believe. You shall lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Release the people to lay hands on the sick. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. You can't, you can't be giving people all that kind of power. If you lead them right, you can. Quit bottling them up. So we got prophetic classes on Wednesday. Come learn how to hear from God so you can go speak to people out there. Not just prophesy over each other here. And that's good that you encourage each other. That's strong. I love that you encourage one another. But it's even better when you're walking in Walmart and Holy Spirit taps you on the shoulder and says, go ask them if they need prayer. You walk past somebody and Holy Spirit gives you a rhema word and says, go prophesy life into them. And you go speak to them, never meeting them in their entire life. And you go prophesy to them, this is what's happening now. Dry bones are coming to life. Dry bones are coming to life. We need the spirit of prophecy to be released. We need to quit being scared of the spirit of prophecy. Why? Because all may prophesy. Jeremiah said, neither am I a prophet nor am I son of a prophet. No, it was Amos, sorry. Amos said, these words I prophesy to you. You ain't got to be generational prophet. Prophecy is the last day outpouring of the spirit of Elijah. And the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And this house was born for prophecy. And 10 years ago, the Lord told me sin won't even sink the ship. You know why? Because everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. You know what sinks the ship? Division, division, division. And God doesn't need a hundred people to be unified. God took 12 men and for three years, guess what he kept doing? Unifying them, unifying them, unifying them, unifying them, unifying them, unifying them, unifying them. Okay, I can go now. What do you mean you can go? I'm gonna go sit at the right hand of the father and make petition for you. That anything that you ask in my name, I shall give to you. Now go. Great commission in the book of go to the four corners of the earth and make disciples. Do what? Make disciplined learners. So if you're not learning anything right now, if you're not learning anything, you're stepping further away from discipleship than coming into it. For everybody who says, I've already been to Big Mike's prophetic class and I've already been through the Father's table. No, 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 no. Listen, I've been doing this for 17 years. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm, and guess what? I, need? I still need to be learning because at 43, Jesus still hasn't come back. And at 60, he's probably not going to be here. And when I'm in the great cloud of witnesses, he's probably telling me, guess what? I'm still not coming back till they're a bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Quit looking at the news for the eastern sky to split and look at the church. We're too divided for him to come back. We're too divided for him to come back. So I ain't even worried about end time theology whatsoever. You know what I'm worried about? How do we get more unified? How do we become a body of prayer? How do we become a body of prophecy? How do we become a body that lays hands on the sick and watch them recover? How do we release entrepreneurs to start businesses? Because we're called to be the lenders and not the borrowers. We're called to be the head and not the tail. I'm tired of the church being poor. I'm tired of the church. I'm tired of watching the church be lethargic and struggle and say the greatest accomplishment is I don't burn for an eternity. That's not our greatest accomplishment. Is how we can put on social media. 15 got saved, but yeah, but how many are walking and healing the sick? Quit, listen, get on your social media. 
When's the last time somebody posted 15 got healed? 20 got delivered. When's the last time somebody said one got delivered? We should be casting out devils and healing the sick more than we should worry about who repeats a prayer. That you got to counsel for the next 15 years because the repeating prayer don't change somebody's life. Repeating a prayer is not even in the Bible. Let's just go there with that one. Ask Jesus into your little heart. That's not what the 12 did when they got pulled apart from horses. Ooh, I'm in it tonight. I'm in it tonight. I'm in it tonight. You know why? Because I can't let sons call this place home and be complacent. I can't let any of us call this place home and be complacent. I can't. I can't. So tonight will either encourage you to get into prayer or it'll let you realize how much Ishmael you got because you'll start grading yourself saying I'm not worthy enough because that's not what I'm doing. I'm not being an accusing voice telling you you stink. I'm telling you let's, get, let's pray. I'm telling you let's prophesy. That's what I'm telling you. I'm not holding you down. I'm actually lifting you up. It's your lens. It's not you. It's your lens. I'm telling you go out there and save the city. I'm telling you go out there and heal the sick. I'm telling you to go out there and represent Jesus in every single area that you do in life. Quit worrying about if you get a microphone up here. There's plenty of stages out there. Half the time I'm leading this, you ask my wife. I'm going, I don't want to lead this. That's why I'm leading this because I don't want to lead this. I, listen, I pack my kids and my family up and serve my apostle. I will wear an orange vest and park cars in Mobile. Right now, right now. But you know what? I'm not supposed to do that. You want to know why? Because we're supposed to be here parking cars. Oh, it got quiet. Oh, because we can't do it like Mobile's doing it, right? We can't do it like Covenant's doing it because you don't believe in yourself. You don't believe in yourself yet. Here's what I know in a conversation with my apostle. I tell him about Toledo and he said, that seems right. And then I get a phone call from Pastor Anthony this week that they moved out of the old building and got, listen, free facility on the college campus of the Toledo Rockets. Don't, listen, don't have to pay. We're getting free facility that in August we're going to load up everybody from here and we're going to go to a college campus when all the kids get back and we're going to go bathe Toledo with prayer. We're going to go bathe Toledo. We're going to set you loose. We're going to set you loose on a college campus and go pray with college kids. You want to punch racism in the face, abortion, LGBT, not by going and trumpeting, we're against this, we're against this. Go find some college kids that don't believe like you and show them the love of Jesus and never mention a rainbow flag and never even mention racism. Reach and mention the love of God and watch them get changed. I was in the room when I heard my apostle say, that literally there will be a day that college campuses shake with revival. So the two ministries that this house is attached to is Kent State and Toledo. And they're both blue and gold. And he told us in 2016, those colors are right and those colors are perfect. So from Streetsboro High School to Kent State University to the Toledo Rockets, he said to all of us, I'm sending you and Jimmy and Tina to the home of the Rockets. He didn't say the city of Streetsboro. We just chose that. Home of rockets, the rockets in Streetsboro and the rockets in Toledo. 
But man, how do we get this? How do we get this? We've got to understand Acts 2. We have to see what Acts 2 is telling us as a body of believers. We have to see. If we want to see the third great awakening, we have to see what was happening in Acts 2, 42. When Peter stands up and he apostolically begins to decree and he begins to talk about being steadfast in the apostles' doctrines, teachings. Acts 2, 42. Put it up there, boys. Get with me now. I'm going to kick you out of that room. Let's go. Back there talking, drinking monsters, you should be working on the computer. I'm in that kind of mood today. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together. Watch, keep it there for a minute. Coming together regularly for prayer. Let me say this again. Cover regular, not how much you can mark it on social media, not how much you could get. Listen, the church is as stupid as girls with selfies. Y'all think I'm, I'm kidding me. Let me, get, come on. Don't get mad at me. Let me get my good angle. Who takes pictures from up here down? Let them see the real you. So inside of that, the church has figured out in marketing, let me get the right angle of the room to make it look like it's full. Let me get the right angle of the room to make sure it looks like it's full to everybody so they'll want to come here because other people came here. No, I don't want you coming here unless the Spirit of the Lord has told you to come here. Why? Because we're in such a place of hunger and revival. Ordinary Christianity is going to run you out of the building. We will offend you. Really, the kind of only visitors in the room is Jason and Deanna, so I must be trying to run you guys off. Now you're here second time, so you're family now. So, But why, why are we preaching like this tonight? Because we're reminding you who you are. And for anybody who got mad because they want to stay home because of COVID, COVID's over. Well, it's not. At least the channel got it. She'll be good in about three days. I, we, why? We prayed for Lisa. We're praying for Joe. Same way if you get pneumonia, same way if you get... Why did COVID, because you know why? Because we gave COVID a name and we forgot that every knee shall bow and every tongue, and everything with a name is under the feet of Jesus. And so immediately when the devil gave COVID a name, we realized it's under the feet of God. But somehow we got more afraid of COVID than we did cancer. We got more afraid of COVID than we did heroin. We got more afraid of COVID than we did pornography. We got more afraid of COVID-19. Why? Because the church was going off of what they felt in fear rather than what they heard in secret. Why? Because literally the church of America should be called together. for. Do you realize right now that we are one year away from China becoming the largest nation in Christianity? And it's illegal in three quarters of the nation. You can't even have a Bible, but they're about to become the biggest. Listen, they are getting more accomplished in the belief system of who Christ is with one page of the Bible than we are getting with 15 books in every home. Why? Because we got wrapped up in the book rather than the author. We got wrapped up in the book rather than the spirit. We got wrapped up in the book rather than the spirit. And if the spirit's moving, that's not good for popularity. Well, I'm telling you right now, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is inside of you, believer, and it should be flowing out of you. Shouldn't be damned up. You should be weird. You should be peculiar. 
Everybody should be like Jeremy Kales. Everybody should be like Big Mike. Everybody should be praying in a language that you don't know what you're saying and the angels and God know what you're saying. Everybody should be a little weird. Because heaven's not bouncy houses and pizza parties. It's six-winged creatures covered in eyeballs. It's four living creatures around the throne of God. There are rainbows intertwining like a circle within a circle of Ezekiel, a wheel within a wheel. There's lightning and thunder. Angels are whipping fireballs at each other while they stare at God and scream that he's holy. And we're settling for routine Christianity. Because we're afraid of what somebody would call us if they thought we were weird. But weird will raise dead men. Weird will cast devils out. Weird will bring the hopeless hope. Weird. So I'm I'm provoking you to be weird tonight. I'm provoking you to be weird. I'm provoking you to be peculiar. I'm provoking you to start staring at clouds and seeing, dare to see a face. Stare at the sky and dare to see a face. Stare at a sky and dare to be in view of the great cloud of witnesses. Oh, but you're, you're losing your mind. You're losing your mind. You're losing your mind. Man, I'm telling you, I was with a guy in Mobile that he literally goes out over his pond, blows his shofar over his pond every day in Florida. His name's Robert, and we call him Prophet Robert, him and Roland, Prophet Roland. They go out and blow their shofars, and they stare at the sky. Why? Because Psalms told us to look beyond the hills to where our help comes from. So they just stare at the sky. They go out in the mornings. They don't read their Bible. They go stare at the sky. And they pray in a language not known to man, and they stare at the sky. And then they just start taking pictures. And they said, look at this one. He said, don't you see Peter? I could, I'm telling you, I'm not, I could see a face. Yes. Listen, and I'm not telling you like, that might be a face. No, you can see a face. Yes. And then he swipes over and he said, you see those two right there? There's James and John. And then he swipes again. He said, you see that man with the beard? That's my grandfather. So when I pray... He said, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not trying to offend anybody. The Bible told me where two or three come together, God's in the midst. He said, I don't really pray with humans. I pray with the people that gave up their earthly form and they're still alive. They're still, come on, because it's everlasting life. Look it up. It's everlasting life without beginning or end. They're not dead. They're more alive than any one of us in this room. Enoch's not dead. He's the father of time and he's still alive. But how does a man begin to see like that? That man interweaves his life with a man named Nolan Ball. That man interweaves his life with brothers. You don't think Robert and Roland are brothers. Just get around them and just watch them start poking you in the chest. Isn't that right, Cookie? Listen, you want to talk about radical? You want to talk about radical? And this is what helps spark the radical thing with me. I'm at the beach and I'm going, Big Mike, where are you guys at? He's like, uh, Cookie's with Prophet Robert and Rowan. And uh, he's laid out on the floor in the hotel room. And people, look, 
Listen, many of you wouldn't even pray in a hotel room. That's why for 5.30 prayer right now or 6 a.m. prayer on Friday mornings, we're not praying in this building anymore. We're gonna go right in the middle of the city. There was 20 of us, what, cars just going by. And you know what, every one of us started believing while they're seeing us. They have no idea what we're doing out there, but we know what we're doing out there. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. We're praying for a third grade awakening. I don't need them to come to my church. I need them to encounter Jesus. So while they're driving to their job that they hate, goodness and mercy and love is invading their cars and they're crying and they're talking to God. How do you know this? Because I asked. How do, you, how, do you know, how do you know that people were encountering God? Why would you do that again? How, th- th- listen, this is what somebody would say to try to kill your radical fire. How do you know people that were encountering God? Because he told me. Yeah. And the whole belief system is what I just said it is. Belief system. The problem with American Christianity is you don't know what you believe. And that's why the world's not being saved. Because he said, I so love the world that I gave my only begotten son, but whosoever believes in him, how does he believe? How does the son believe? How does Jesus believe? He believes that no man would perish. He believes that all would be saved. He believes that all would be healed. He believes that all would be delivered. And you need to start believing it too. What did I just bring us right back to full circle? Unrealistic expectations. Jesus does not have one bad thought. How do you know that? Because there was a prophet that said that God in Jeremiah 29, 11 has no evil thought towards you, that he has everything with a peaceful, futuristic hope. So anything that's not peaceful, anything that's not futuristic, anything that's lame is not of God. Woo. You know what I just did right there? But you know what? We don't believe that. We don't believe that everybody can be healed. We don't believe that everybody can be saved. We don't believe that everybody can be good. We don't believe that all things work together for the good to those that love God. We do not believe that what the enemy intended for evil, God's about to turn for good. I am so pumped about upcoming years. Why? Because our nation is in such a mess right now. This is awesome. This means we're being set up for the goodness of God. This means we're being set up. And I need some people to start trumpeting, not Donald Trump, trumpeting the goodness of of Almighty God, and his name is Yeshua, the beloved. But how do I believe like this? Because I am mutually linked together. I'm a radical. I drove 15 hours to go sit in three church services and turn on drive right back. I'm a radical. I got up at 6 o'clock in the morning to go pray in the middle of a seat. I'm a radical. I took a Saturday night service and said, who gives a flip about tithes and offerings? We're going to go to the courthouse in Ravenna, not take up an offering, and we're going to pray for the city of Ravenna. Why? Because I'm foolish if I think revival is only going to hit Streetsboro. I'm foolish if I think it's only going to hit Streetsboro and Ravenna. I'm foolish if God isn't inviting everybody to the party. Have we not read the story of the marriage supper of the Lamb? Have we not looked what Jesus does at weddings? Those of you that don't want to be radical and be in one mind and one accord and be involved, I'll move you to the side and I'll start inviting the homeless. I'll start inviting the broken. I'll start inviting those that you didn't think could sit at the table. I'll start inviting those lepers to the table and watch those lepers become radicals in the love of God. Are you radical or are you routine? It's a question I'm asking you. Because that coming together for prayer meetings was not routine. 
That could be in the temple. That could be in the courthouse. That could be in your house. That could be wherever God starts tugging on you to pray. For five years, I did exactly what my apostle told me to do. Quit spinning plates, get rid of the food bank, the celebrate recovery, all these ministry, 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 ministry. Everybody was like, why are you doing that? Because what we were doing in celebrate recovery with 20 people, my cousin, Tammy Mounts, in a laundromat is killing it in Ravenna right now. And you know what my advice to her is? Don't let the church touch it. But what about pastors and preachers and bishops? Stop. Don't let the church touch it. And if I would come in there with all the knowledge and the stuff that I know and listen to the simplistic message that they're teaching, I would mess it up. Just leave it alone. Why? Because her daddy was a preacher for 30-some years, plowing ground in a city, and a daughter who was a heroin addict who don't know anything about the ministry is watching 50 to 70 people get radically touched by God. They ain't got no government. Not yet. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Leave it alone. Didn't birth in the North Gate. I ain't pulling it to the North Gate. Didn't birth in your church. Quit trying to pull it to your church because the only reason you want it there is to make it look like you. And we're not going to put your suit and tie and your lipstick and your pig disguise on something natural God's doing. Brother, you're against Celebrate Recovery. I don't know. It's just not for me. And if it works for you, let it work for you. But at some point, there's a group of people going through a straight and narrow gate. Because you know what they're doing at Loads of Love? Quoting scripture and saying, God loves you and God is awesome and I'm not this any. They're literally claiming, I'm not an addict anymore. I'm not an addict anymore. And they're not going through the 12 principles of some sort of program. They're just going, I've been radically touched. I was homeless yesterday and now I'm hanging out with people in a laundromat loved by God. And nobody else needs to go try to do a laundromat scheme. Leave them alone. Oh, I don't know why I hit on that. Somebody went, Tammy, you're awesome. We give them money. I don't tell you guys a lot of times what we do. We give them money. She needs money, I say, here. She came to me, cousin, what should I do? Just come to me and ask for money. That's what I told her. I said, if you ever feel the need to come worship with us, come. But if no, don't. But here's one thing that I'm here in your life. I'm your cousin and you, you guys need money. So when the homeless got all their tents taken away, we bought them. I, I went and got like 10 tents. Here, bring them straight to her. You need food, here you go. Whatever you need. Whatever you need. Why? Because we're supposed to be lenders and not borrowers. We're supposed to be ahead and not to tail. So some of you used to, used to be heroin addicts. Now you're a business owner. So now you bought tents for the heroin addicts. Come on. Come on, 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 come on. And guess what we've been doing in here for the last nine years at 5.30 in the morning is praying. And what we can't stop doing is praying. And we got to continue to pray. And if you want to sleep a little bit, you don't need to do that all the time. You need to get up for prayer. Yeah. Yes. Come on. 
I'm not saying you got to be here every week, but if you don't watch yourself, you'll miss one, two, three, four, five. It gets easy. Lethargic, complacent Christianity gets easy because it's routine. And as long as I'm showing up on Sunday and pastor preaches a good message and I feel it, it's the kingdom's not about feeling. The kingdom's not about feeling. The kingdom's not about feeling. And I'm just going to say it. Faith without works is dead. Get out of the lethargic stuff. And I'm going to say this. Quit waiting for me to start your ministry. What's inside of you? Go get it. What's in you? Go get it. Go after it. Go after it. Nate, Zach came to me and said, I'm thinking about starting my own company. I almost wanted to be like, hold. I almost wanted to be like, hold. Like the feeling to me was like, hold, hold, hold. Then I, walk, I didn't say nothing. I walk away from the Holy Spirit said, yeah, you keep your mouth shut. Because you, know you know what it's time for? Northgate, go for it. You know what it's time for? Go for it. Toledo, you know what it's time for? Go for it. Go for it. You're not under any restriction anymore. You're not under any system anymore. Go for it. Whatever you want to do, go for it. Whatever Holy Spirit starts telling you, go for it. Go get them. Go get your generation. Go get them. Go get them. Come on, Toledo Rockets. You're going to shake. You're going to shift. It's launch pad. Five, four, three, two, one. You can't stop it. So every believer was faithfully devoted to the following the teaching of the apostles. I don't have Paul in my life. I've got Damon. I'm going to tell you right now, this garbage of these people that are preaching, they call it NAR, New Apostolic Reformation. The system is spending the majority of their time telling their people, stay away from it. Show me where that's at in the Bible. Because they're so scripturally sound. I'm going to stop. You'll get me fired up. Because if you go into Acts 2, when all that busts loose, Peter says what's happened here on this day is for today and generations to come. That means the miracle signs and wonders. That means the apostolic mantle. I could actually go in and prove this. The church was never stopped, was supposed to stop being led by apostles. It was never supposed to be stopped. So what we did is we didn't want the government, so we went ahead and put little pastors in there that we could push around and make boards around them and shove them around and, t- and some plumber could tell a preacher what to do who's been in prayer for literally all week long about what we're supposed to do in the system and then we want to go ahead and tell him, well, I've been making money, this is what you need and I'll take my money from you. That's what the church has come down to. Mama's got something. I see that look in her eye. I don't know where the microphone's at. Y'all enjoying this? Yes. Yeah. Now, listen, when we get to worship here in a minute, you get to fly around the room. You get to. Listen, I got a text message from a, a woman, Susan Dixon. She's on Apostle Aaron's um, podcast all the time. Yeah. She texts this several minutes ago before we were even talking about Toledo. She said, hey, Tina, this is Susan. I just woke up from a nap this afternoon before I go to work. I woke up to the sound of a shofar blowing. I had a dream while I was napping that Jimmy, you, and Mike were leading young people on a college campus. The college campus was shaped like an octagon colored blue and gold. Not sure what these colors mean to you all, but I think the octagon has something to do with August. 
The love of Abba was so strong in these August? meetings. <laughs> August is when we're going to the camp. That's when we're going to do two-day meetings at the campus. She said, the love of Abba was so strong in these meetings in the dream on that campus, I specifically saw gender confusion being melted off of young people, and they were re-identified in Abba's love. Okay, watch this. Watch this. She said, gender confusion is going to melt off of kids on the Toledo campus. When I preached in Toledo seven years ago, a woman that leads the Toledo House of Prayer, after I got done preaching and prophesying over people, she come over and laid her hands on my chest and watched this because we're not in a rush, we're in a long path. She laid hands on me and said, one day you'll come back to Toledo and homosexuals will get set free in this city and God will build a rainbow bridge from Toledo to California and you will walk that bridge with the same freedom from Toledo into California. Listen, I'm going to say something, Northgate. I'm going to say something. For a a moment, we put the evangelistic mantle, we put the healing mantle, and we put the deliverance mantle on a shelf. That stops tonight. That stops tonight. We're going to start casting out devils again. You are going to start calling out the sick again like you did in the early days. And the evangelistic mantle sits on you all. I've never done this, but I feel this right now. Connor, come up here. Come up here. Leaders, come up here. We're going to anoint this kid. I'm going to pray that a full tuition comes to you, to the University of Toledo. God's going to set you, son. Come on, stretch your hands this way, church. We commission this boy to the University of Toledo. And we say no devil in hell is going to stop him of his assignment, of his mantle. I call your dorm room to be a room of prayer, a room of consecration. You will be a city. You, you, Connor, will be a city set on a hill in the University of Toledo. And we declare scholarships into your hand. You will not have to pay for a thing. You will not pay for it. There will be no debt. History will write about you, Connor, in the city of Toledo. So God, light a fire in him. No more injuries, athletics. Put a hedge of protection around him. Come on, church, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on, believe this, that this boy is being marked tonight. This boy is being mantled tonight. God, we receive this word from South Carolina all the way to Ohio, from Streetsville to Toledo. God, I declare the spirit of might over this boy. I declare boldness over him. Yeah, some of you kids, you start feeling it. Get over here and lay hands on him. Come on, Joey, you feel that fire. Let's go. Come on. I'm telling you, anybody in this room, anybody in this room, you feel fire right now. You come lay your hands on this boy. Come on, Stephanie, you've been around revival for 14 years. Stephanie Mitchell, come on, Jeremy Kales. Come on, church. This is what we were born for, Northgate. This is what we were born for.
Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Jason. Come on. Come on. You feel fire. Release it on this boy. Oh. 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 Oh, mighty God. Oh, do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. You're raising up a third great awakening in a generation. You're raising them up, God. You're marking them. You're marking a generation. Come on, campus-wide revival, Pastor Anthony. Come on, Toledo. A campus revival. You will be rewarded for your sacrifice. You will be rewarded. You will see fruit. Come on. We are who we are, Northern Ohio. We are who we are in this room. We are who we are. We're the burning ones. We're the people of the mountain and we will embrace the climb. Our DNA is the wilderness. We were born for this time and we're releasing our sound over a young man right now. We're releasing the sound of awakening, the sound of revival. God put the leadership mantle on him. God let him prophesy words of knowledge. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a reason we didn't take up an offering. There's a reason. I'm telling you, everything loose in this room. You want to write a check to this kid, you write a check to him. We'll start a college fund for this boy tonight. He's going to college for free, but we don't want him to worry about nothing and have the time of his life in college. Mm. Mm. Holy Ghost. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put a basket on the table. Just put, yep, 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 yep. You got loose cash right there. We're mature enough to pay our tithes and then give into this kid. This is why you're good stewards of money right here. This is why we tithe so we can do this. Yep, yep, yep. Tina said, while we were in Mobile, Apostle said, everybody in this room, everybody in this room needs to start walking around with cash in their pocket. I've been carrying a fat wad for a while, so I just threw it all in there. Why? Because it'll come back. It'll come back. It'll come back. 
I'd rather put money in that basket than go get a jumpy house. Figure out how to be the hunters back to school bash in the whole whole county. There's a back to school bash right there. Yeah. Radical. Ra- you're called to be a radical. You're called to be a radical. You're, yeah, let that hit you. It's, it's, it's literally vibrating off you, Jeremy Kales. You're called to be a radical. You're called to, you want to deal with student debt right here? That's how you deal with it. Seven mountains of culture. Anytime we see a mantle on the next generation, we'll be like, you're a preacher, you're a worship leader. No, how about he, he's like a millionaire? What's really in this kid? We got enough preachers on the planet. We need some fathers to look at sons and say, go get a college education. And go be bigger than Tesla. Go be bigger than Tesla. Let's give kids words like that. Instead of you're going to Africa. How about you're going to go to college and you're going to be a teacher and the high school you teach in is going to experience revival because of you. Well, why don't we start giving kids words like that? Instead, you should go to Africa or you should go to seminary or need cemetery school. Yeah. God, I declare that this year's soccer season be the greatest season of his life. Man, I felt that. Just stay in this mindset. I just let me read scripture over you. Just stay in this mindset. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Go to verse 43. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. I think we're in that right now. I think we're in that in this room right now. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. And the apostles performed miraculous signs and wonders. I'm I'm just going to go off of what I hear right now. If you have a thyroid condition in this room, raise your hand. Everywhere you see a hand, go lay hands on them. Keep it up. 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 Yeah. Everybody in this room, go find somebody. Everybody in this room, believe that you are praying healing. Katie Lynn, I call you back into a healthy weight. I call you back into a healthy and wholeness in the next two weeks the way somebody can lose weight in two weeks you're going to gain it back I call you into health and wholeness I call you into peace yeah that's it Jeanette take control over it I speak to that autoimmune disease of infirmity your time is done in the name of Jesus Complete wholeness. 
I call freedom right now in the name of Jesus. Whoa, whoa. I told you in pre-service prayer, people were going to leave here changed tonight. I call a significant move of weight loss in this room. I call a significant move of weight loss. See yourself healthy. See yourself whole. Amaris, lay your hand on your mama's head. Yeah. And you speak into her thyroid, into her health. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Feel that, Amaris. You are speaking healing into your mommy. Come on, that's, see that? That's the anointing on you. Double portion. You're going to wake up in the morning and see yourself different in the mirror. You're gonna, that's, that's over. That misidentification is done tonight. That's it. You are beloved. You are beloved, Victoria. Come on, that's already been lifted off of your daughter. She's special in this house. Now it's being lifted off of you. It's being lifted off of you. Whoa. Something happening in this room. Something happening in this room. This is what she needed right here. This is why you came tonight, Dad. Oh, that's right. That's right. Come on, I declare that evangelism on you. Where kids would come from Cleveland to be in your safety. I'd pray that that safety is that big over your little girl right now. No fear or anxiety or worry is allowed to be on any son and daughter in this house. No fear, no anxiety. You are so bold and so celebrated and so special, daughter. You haven't even begun to see what God's about to do with you. This move should not scare you. This move is a promotion and it's just the beginning. You'll move again. That hair studio is huge. The final destination coming is big, daughter. It's big. You better see yourself the way the Father sees you. Yeah. Ever come here and put your arm around mom. Come on. God, your love is so big. It's so big. It's so big. Ashley, heaven. Come on, Jeanette. Yeah. Come on, family. We surround ourselves with love and family. I saw you walk into that gym at that wrestling camp and you were glowing. You were glowing, Lita. You were glowing. There's a new beauty coming to you and the beauty salon. There's a new beauty coming to you. It's coming out of you. Yeah, that's it, Delilah. Right in the hands of the mother of the house. You're safe here, Delilah. You're safe here. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Rhonda, Stephanie, good. Just lay your hands right on hope. You're being set free from that orphan thing right now. It's done. It's done. Come here. It's done. It's done. It's done. You're not, you're done worrying about if you fit in, if you belong, it's over. The mindset is changed tonight. The spirit of adoption is upon you. You're a daughter. You are beloved. This is your home. This is your family. Mike, come here and lay your hands on her. Because there is a there's a dam of the prophetic that needs broken on her. There's a dam of the prophetic. Whew. Woo! Yep, freedom. Who the sun sets free is unquestionably free. Thank you, Uncle Bryn. I'm doing what you told me. When Bryn Waddell left this place, he said, Jimmy Lovejoy, start laying hands on the people again. Start prophesying over the people again. Start speaking deliverance and healing. We don't need a program. We're radical. We don't need a program. We're radical. You're not going to walk in this house and be bound by anything. You're not going to walk in this family and be bound by anything. We're not going to embarrass you. We're going to watch you get set free. We're not going to embarrass you. We're going to watch you get set free so you can be fully alive. Come on, that's it. Jason McGall. Come on, Jason. Come on, Jason. Release the fire that's in your soul. You're a man of God, Jason McGall. This city's been longing for you. I let intellectual false brothers try to identify me. I was never called to be Paul. I was called to be John burning in the wilderness. What's happening in this room is the answer for America. What's happening in this room is the answer for America. What's happening in this room is the answer for America. There's people watching live stream. You need to build an altar right now. You need to get radical in front of your kids and build an altar and call your family home, call your home into order. You need to speak life. You need to quit wallowing in self-pity and be the man of God God called you to be. Woo! You're mean. No, I'm speaking truth. Quit wallowing in your offense. Church hurt is nothing more than a, it's a way to pretty, it's pretty language for church hurt is offense. Pretty language for offense is, I'm church hurt. No, you're offended. None of us should walk in offense. You know why? Because everybody in here is human. Everybody in here is going to let somebody down at some point. Tina's married to me. That's how I know that. All the believers were in fellowship as one body and they shared with one another what they had. We just did that to that boy. I didn't plan any of this. Lord just told me to come in and say radical and routine and read Acts 2. 
I th- hopefully I'll get to Romans 8 in a second. Watch. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to, to distribute the proceeds to those who are in need among them. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. This is what I say to everybody in the room. If you're sitting and waiting for somebody to ask you to come to their house and you hunger for that, you're wrong. If that's what you desire, get out of your self-pity and ask somebody out to dinner. The church has stayed bogged down too long with self-pity. I don't fit in. I feel alone. I wish somebody would ask me out to dinner. Go ask them out to dinner. You got a dollar? Go get a, go get a cheeseburger together. Split it in half. Yeah, like Tina said, make them dinner. You desire fellowship, peanut butter, and jelly sandwich. I don't know anybody that's ever turned one down. Rhonda said it solves everything. Peanut butter and jelly fix anything. Somebody's mad at you, go take them a PBJ. Watch. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. Let me read this a couple times. Enjoying the favor of all the people. Enjoying the favor of others. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily. Those who were coming to life. But you're not going to get added to with life unless you represent life. That's why ain't nobody staying in this house with their hands in their pocket. I didn't think you were coming home until Sunday. Early flight. All right. Hallelujah. Pregos is back. 48. No, Romans 12. Go ahead, Romans 12. Yep, go Romans 12. So then, beloved ones... The flesh has no more claims on us. I just talked about the flesh, self-pity, all that. I just talked about that, right? So none of that has claims on you anymore. Has no claim on us at all. And we have no further obligation to live in its obedience of unrealistic expectations on people and God. For when you live controlled by the flesh... You are about to die. But if the life of the spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, we then taste his abundant life. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses. Watch this. Stay here for a second. Not the routine. If your church service looks the same. I just got to be a leader watching tonight. If your church service looks the same it's a sign of immaturity not maturity that's freedom and if I'm just speaking to a spiritual son that pastors a church it's freedom for where he's going radical a person who follows strong beliefs or convictions Extreme principles, a person of uncompromising methods, going to the root of something and dealing with it is called extreme. Representing an extreme form or way of life. Routine. Impulses by the Spirit need to be radical. 
Are you living a radical life? Let what's happening in here tonight be permission for you to live like this every day. Let it be permission for you to be impulsed by the Holy Spirit to do good for others. You can't go wrong. Do not live in the routine of everyday life. What is routine? The regular course, playing it safe. Regular habits, unimaginative procedures. You have no imagination, which means you don't dream. That's how you know you're in routine. Convenient way of living. You're very predictable. You have repeated formulas. And you are announced as dull and uninteresting. Are you a radical follower of Christ or a routine follower? Are you radical or are you routine? And if you're radical, then get around radical people. Find your tribe. Does that mean you're knocking other churches? No. If you want to sit on a pew till the sweet by and by comes, cool. I'll see you in heaven and I'll high five you. But I want to see drug addicts set free. I want to see ordinary Joes become business owners. We don't talk about that miracle. The men in this room who should not be labeled millionaires, but they're on their way because their family was section eight and their family was broke and we thought poverty of the spirit meant to be broke and nowhere does it say in the kingdom that a believer should be broke. It says you're to be the lender and not the borrower. You're to be the head and not the tail. You're to be above and not beneath. You are supposed to be the most prosperous people on the planet. So guess what? Stop complaining about gas. You're prosperous. I don't care if the world system gets it to $10 a gallon. I need some believers to step into the goodness of God that can pay the $10 and say, is that all you got? Can you be like Forrest Gump and say, is that all you got? Remember in the storm, is that all you got? You know why? Because we're called to survive. We're called to be in the middle of this. We're called to be reformers. We're called to be revolutionaries. You're called to be a radical. You are called to follow a radical God that sends his son to die. You're called to be a radical. These signs shall, what do you believe? For God so loved the world, he wanted you to believe. We can't get to the everlasting life part till you get to the belief. What are you supposed to believe? You are supposed to believe that you can lay hands on the sick and they recover. These signs shall follow them that believe. You can lay hands on the sick that recover. You can cast out devils. You can lay hands on the dead. I buried a 19-year-old girl a month ago. And this started digging at me and it doesn't mean that she would have got out of the casket but you can ask my wife there was a time in my life that anytime anybody died I wanted to just lay hands on the body to just see when Heidi Baker started walking in her anointing to heal the sick you know how she's because listen that woman anybody around her gets healed you know how that started happening she laid hands on the sick one time. Guess what happened? Nothing. Lord said, do it again. 
Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Now almost everybody she lays hands on gets healed. You want a reformation? Let's stop recording who repeats the prayer. And let's start recording who gets out of a casket. Who lays the heroin down and never touches it again? Who was once abusing their wife and doesn't abuse their wife again? Let's really start recording. You want to start recording some stuff? Let's start recording. You want to record system of the God? Let's, let, let's record some stuff. Let's record. Because listen, it's your right to do it. Well, brother, you ain't been to Bible college. Didn't say if you these signs shall follow them that goes to cemetery school. I mean, seminary school. It's not what the scripture wrote. It said, believe on me. Believe on me. Who's your God? Believe on me. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Then you are the head and not the tail. And don't you ever think low of yourself. If you'll dream it big, radical, your hair salon will make millions. Don't think this won't be the first time you raise your prices. It won't be the last. There's a man laid his hands on me that can get a hundred, sometimes a thousand dollars a haircut. Why not you? Why not you? Why not you? Why not Brandy? Why not Mikola? Why not? Why not? Why not start seeing yourself rightly? Start seeing yourself rightly. Why can't they fly into Cleveland? And come get their haircut for you. Why can't they? Same thing I'm going to say to Nate. Why can't you start your own company? Why can't you? Why can't you? Matter of fact, you know what? I really heard the Lord say, do both. I heard the Lord say, do what you're doing now. Do both. Do both. Watch. There's a double portion in this for a season. You can do both. Do both. Do both. Go for it. Go for it. What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? I'm going to say hi here. Why can't you start a prayer meeting right now in Ravenna? I felt wind on that. I don't care if it's you, man of God, by yourself, because it won't be. Quit looking for traditional church. The streets of Ravenna are calling your name. You are called to prophesy. There's a prophetic mantle on you, man of God. And I'm telling you, you're going to start driving the streets of Ravenna, and you're going to meet people at gas stations. You're going to meet people in stores. God's going to tell you what shirt they're wearing. He's, I'm not giving you no generic word. I'm going to tell you, you're going to see their hat. God's going to say her purse looks like this and go give her $50. Go wait out in the front of Tractor Supply for 30 minutes and pray in the Holy Ghost and this family's going to come walking by. There is no generic prophetic words in you, man of God. The system has damned your tongue long enough. Today, it religion unbridles you. Your tongue gets unbridled today. 
The system don't know what to do with you, so it just bridles you. I can say that because it's apostolic house. So that's permission to go for it, Jason. I hear Pastor Jamie's word over him. July, August, September, October, November, about to be the greatest months of your life. This next five months, promotion will be the kingdom. Don't try to start anything. Just be sought out. Matter of fact, there's going to be miracle signs and wonders that happen to you in the next five months that the Lord's going to tell both of you you're not allowed to tell anybody. You're going to see, I mean, you are going to see miracles in the next five months. You're going to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. And the Lord's going to say, don't tell anybody. And then there will be a time where you come out and you begin to start to tell the stories to encourage others that have been bridled by religion. You're about to be a front runner. Yeah. I felt the story for you of when the ravens would feed Elijah twice a day. So even when you feel like you're alone for a while in it, the ravens, Ravenna ravens, provided for twice every day, just like that story. You're going to feel it in the form of wind. You're going to feel it in fire. And you're going to hear it in the whisper. The ravens will fully support the prophet. You're about to fully find out what it means to be a prophet of God. The system wanted him to be identified as a pastor. He's a prophet. But watch, so are you. So this is what I need you to do that nobody's allowed. I need you to stand up and take your place beside him. Yeah, come on, Tina. Yeah. Yep, yep, join his hand. You need to stand and take your place next to him. Yeah. You're not behind him. You're beside him. You are one. God, you mantle them today. You anoint them today. And let them do what no man can bridle anymore. Come on, Northgate, pray in the Holy Ghost. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're being marked. They're being marked for the land of the Ravenna Ravens. I call late night prayer drives. Come on. That poverty and that spirit of addiction over that region. There's the answer. A son and a daughter. There's the answer. A son and a daughter. 
This is not about planning a church. This is about a son and daughter taking their seat. We've got enough churches. We've got enough churches. This is about hear and obey at any cost. Prophesy. Speak life. These signs shall follow them that believe. Something's happening in this room. Something's happening in this room. Two prophetic words, I'm telling everybody in this room. Two prophetic words back in the gym that were given to me. One was the connection to Toledo. The other one was the connection to Ravenna. So God, I pray that 14 be wide open. That's why my whole family lives in Ravenna. The love joys, the mounts. God, I pray for revival to sweep across Ravenna. Come on, let's pray for Ravenna right now. God, I pray that Ravenna, Ravenna will literally drink the prosperity of Aurora. God, I pray that Ravenna will drink the prosperity of Aurora. God, and I pray the development and economics of Kent will begin to overflow into Ravenna. Ravenna, you are not poverty. Ravenna, you are not broken. Ravenna, you are not addicted. Ravenna, you are not orphaned. Ravenna, you're not fostered. Ravenna, you're fully alive. That's why our prophet works in Ravenna. Mike Thompson works in Ravenna. My God. I'm telling you, that courthouse prayer meeting was more significant than we realized. In Northgate, we better pay attention to where we're going to pray right now. Let's keep reading. We're still reading Scripture. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. Let me speak that over everybody in this room. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. You're called to do this thing different. Jason and Deanna, if you can hear me, I'm telling you, I know you're getting caught in waves of glory, but you're called to do this thing different. We're called to do this thing different. It doesn't matter where you go to home church at. Forget the home church thing. We're all the body of Christ. Some of us are supposed to be running together and some of us ain't. Point blank. I'm glad I'm running with you radicals. You misfits. Who's really in this room? Adam, who really are you? Your main identity is not a bricklayer. Come on. 
stand up. Man of God, prophet of God, watchman. I'm telling you, I don't know if you've ever owned a shofar. Have you ever owned a shofar? I'm buying you a shofar. Because you know how to hear the Lord say, God's about to call you watchmen all over this county to go and blow the shofar. And you better look up. You better look up like Robert and Roland. Your mom's not done praying for this region. You'll see her in the clouds. All you got to do is look. Terry's not done running with the North Cape. Terry's not done. That's why somebody sent you a video this week on Facebook of her jumping in the building. She's not done running. She's running more with the North Cape than she's ever ran with us before. She's more intertwined with what God's about to do than she's ever been. And you're supposed to get a shofar and drive around this county and just start blowing it and decreeing, watchmen. That's why the enemy's trying to divide you and Dale. I just call it out because you call it to light, it gets dealt with. The God's trying to divide you too because you two are supposed to go do it together. So here's what I say. This is what I say of things that try to divide us. This is exactly my feeling on it. Who gives a flip? Get over it. That's what I say. Anything that divides the body of Christ, get over it. Point blank. But, there is no but. Get over it. Move on. Get over it. Peter, Paul, why are you not eating with the Gentiles? Get over it. Go eat with them. Done. 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 Y'all good? All right. Love you. Amen. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance. Watch this. Stop saying I'm not good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. The family of God. The family of God. Which means you don't have to have the same last name. It's cool if it is. But that's not how he designed it. He actually wanted to see if you can get along with people that don't have your last name so then you can get along with people with your last name. Amen? Watch. And you will never feel orphaned. You will never feel orphaned. You will never feel orphaned. You will never feel orphaned again. So if you feel orphaned somewhere, you receive the spirit of religious duty. Watch this. You received it. You received it. You received it. What does it mean to receive it? You welcomed it in. To receive something, watch. This is the spirit of religious duty. You received it. You catched it. You thought it was supposed to be a part of you. Now you have to ask yourself, who gave it to you? Or, if it wasn't thrown to you, did it catch your eye? And you picked it up. Because watch, this is how I receive a football. Give it back. 
somebody plants something in your mailbox called the mailman and you're the one that picks it up and reads it. Guess what most of us waste our time doing? Junk mail. You've got to start discerning what is junk in your life and what is worthy or not. Quit giving attention to junk mail because it might promise you something. It might promise you a lower house rate. It might promise you... Stop receiving junk mail. Watch what most junk mail is about. Because watch this. You receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of not being good enough. Why is it saying religious duty of not being good enough, but then it tells you about being accepted to family? I want you to catch this. Radical routine, radical routine, radical routine. Watch this. Radical routine, radical routine. What is the routine of family across America? Stay offended. Stay mad. What's the radical response? I love you. You're an idiot. I love you. How can we get to the place that we can start forgiving family? Stop putting unrealistic expectations on them. Realize who they are. Realize not just who they are. Realize where they're at. Should I expect Justin McCoon to be like Mark Casto? No. Does that make one better than the other? It does in religion. Because Galatians 4 says we don't know what he's going to be in maturity. So the pinnacle of religion is Mark pastors, I'm just using Mark as a game. Mark pastors a church, so that must be the pinnacle of religion. No, he's going to own a company and make millions of dollars. Both are equally important in the kingdom. And so what happens is we don't see the value of people and we read junk mail about them or hear junk mail about them or see junk mail about them and can't forgive them and be intertwined with family. And so we get into this place where we quarrel and then all of a sudden somebody feels like they're not good enough. So guess what we have to do to the believer that doesn't feel like he's good enough? Go love them. And now it's up to them to receive the love. It's not on you anymore. This will change your life. This will change your life. If you learn to take the low road to get to the high road, which we have not done in a dividing church yet in America. We've not done yet in America. Is learn how to stop division. This is the answer. We entertain too much junk mail. Amen? All right. We good? All hearts are clear, right? All right. So we come into this full acceptance of folding into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Verse 17. Did I get verse 17 or no? All right, we're good right there. So for some reason, I wanted to stop on you are God's beloved child. You. So watch this. If it's, it's all about believe again, correct? It's all about believe, right? If you believe you're God's beloved child, oh man. Oh man. How much have I messed up in my life?
I'm looking at my mom and my, 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 my wife. How much have I messed up? How much have I blown it? And still, he only had one thing for me. You're my beloved. So guess what I can do when multiple people and families start messing up around me? You're beloved. But I can't teach you that, Ed, unless I believe that myself. So we're right on time and we're right where we're supposed to be. And you're radically holding a baby in church because you're radically believing a God that loves you, loves your daughter, that one day as you pray for other grandbabies, you'll hold your own grandbabies. This is radical Christianity. No matter what the doctor says, no matter what facts say, no matter what the tests say, Ed, do you believe your God loves you? Then you're going to hold grandbabies. Then you're going to hold grandbabies. And so if we're going to hold grandbabies, guess what we can't hold? Grudges. If we're going to hold grandbabies, we can't hold grudges. If we're going to hold grandbabies, we can't hold grudges. Because guess what God's waiting He's waiting to raise up a generation of the church that actually can walk through stuff together. What was the, what was, man, what was the most powerful thing? What was the most powerful thing of the entire event last weekend? A man has walked with another man for 35 years. 35 years. And the land where his wife got filled with the Holy Ghost is going to be the land that is deemed the Antioch of the launching of the third great awakening. If that can happen to Damon, then what are we the kinsmen redeemers of Portage County? Why are we still here? Why are we still in Cleveland? Why are we still in Ohio? Because God has a plan of mass revival and awakening. And here's what I love. If you look at all the arcs, we look like the least and the first shall be last and the last shall be first God's got something planned for Ohio but you have to walk together for the next 35 40 50 years so why so T-Bone's son a third generation can stand up in this pulpit and say, when my Papa Lovejoy used to preach for three hours on the kingdom, it was worth it. And I hope a matriarch like Tina is in the room and they say, Nana Tina, will you stand up? And let us honor you and Papa Jimmy for what you endured for 30 years. The divisions, the complacency, that you don't have to do that and you ain't got to do it like this. And, and I just kept on trucking. And I just kept on trucking, whether this room was full or whether it was empty. We just kept on trucking. We just kept on trucking. And when you didn't show up to prayer meeting, I kept showing up to prayer meetings. Why? Because I'm more worried about your kids than you. I'm more worried about your grandkids than you. I'm more worried about my My brother, that sounds hard. No, it don't. Because what we're doing is transgenerational. 
And I believe even for families that have forfeited, they forfeited themselves. God didn't forfeit them. They decided to walk away. Their kids will find their storyline back here. Their grandchildren will find it. And they can get mad in their offense still. My grandchildren, you can't stop what God's going to do. You can't look me in the face and tell me you didn't feel the power of God when Damon Thompson prophesied. You can't stop. Who do you think you are in your arrogance and offense that you think you can stop your family from being a part of the third great awakening? You can't stop it. As long as what? There's a handful of radicals that keep praying for the land. Because you know what's coming? I'll tell you what's coming. Payday. You want to know what's coming? Stay in relationship. Watch the land get redeemed. The kingdom of God is about choices, not feelings, Apostle Paul said. It's time for restoration, and it's time for the pressure to become right. It's time for us to redeem the land. It's time for the redeemed to be enslaved, to be set free. It's time for a providing of providence for the heir. It's time for us to avenge death and get justice and see resurrection life. And what greater place to see resurrection life than Ravenna? And what greater place to see resurrection life than Wyndham? And what greater place to see resurrection life than Portage County? But for all this needs to happen, I need key holders to stand up. I need trustees to stand up. I need people that have rights to take ownership and stop being obligated to junk mail. Because why? God's trying to interweave a body of believers together. Ruth follows Naomi with no plan. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Become an actual family member, not a gleaner on the sides of the field. Realize the field that you're actually being half-hearted in is actually set up for history. The place where you're being half-hearted is actually set up for history. And the only one that will lead you to history is a spiritual parent that looks at you and says, you're more than a gleaner. Get in the middle. Because the same field that Ruth marries Boaz in is the same field that David gets anointed in. It's the same field where a woman stops acting like she's poor and steps into her rightful place as an heir where her great-grandson gets anointed to become a king. So I'm going to look at you and tell you to get out of the corner and get in the middle of this and go after God with everything in your fiber and get your hands out of your pocket because your grandson might become a king in this place. Get in, do you know, Romans 8, get in the middle of family. Stop fighting with yourself. Stop fighting with you're not good enough, Ruth. Stop fighting with whatever you're fighting with. Offense, self-esteem. You need a Naomi to look at you and say, get in the middle of this. Get in the middle of this. Get in the middle of this. Whatever it takes. You know what's going to take? Radical cost. When she went to Boaz that night and washed his feet, she could have had her head cut off. You know what that is? Radical. Are you radical or are you routine? Because this whole book is full of radical Christianity, not routine Christianity. And God's calling a remnant to radical Christianity. You were born to have the keys and the authority and get in the middle.
refuse to be tied up false obligations. And that's it. I thought we were going to do praise and worship at the end, but I don't think we need to. We just had the middle of a radical, crazy altar call prophecy, reading the Bible, laying hands on people. Guess what it wasn't? Routine. And guess what I cannot be? Routine. He didn't call me to be routine. He called me to be a radical. And this is home and we are family. And family was prophesied to us to come from miles around. That's right. And a host of heaven watching in the great cloud of witnesses. This room was more full than you realized if you think dimensionally. Thank you for that wisdom, sir. This room was more full. And listen, they were history. The synergy of the ages is what Dutch Sheets calls it with the appeal to heaven flag. The synergy of the generations. It literally says in the dream that the generations that have prayed and prophesied before us give our generation a standing ovation when we came into the stadium. Because we are the ones that's going to begin to fulfill what has been prayed and prophesied over. You just have to believe it's you. Recalibration ain't so bad, is it? It's not so bad, is it? You know what it is? Just quit being complacent. Quit being complacent. And I can't position who's supposed to be with you and run with you. That's up for people to be with us. Do you understand that there? That's why the kingdom is full of choices. It's full of choices. Y'all hear me? It's full of choices. Who's with us at the end is a choice. It's a choice. I even say it like this. Just as much as you can choose heaven, I believe the only way you can go to hell, I truly believe this. You're right. Choose it. Why? Because Jesus said he wished that none perish. I think the only way that an individual can burn in hell forever in a place that was never made for them was they choose it. That's why we're going to end this service with a quote from Nolan Ball. The kingdom of God is not about feelings. It's about choices and the choice that you make should be this one thing that Nolan Ball said all the time hear and obey God at any cost how do you know it's God it'll be radical I promise you it'll be radical you'll be like you sure you sure there was things I said in this room today that I was like are you sure? That lets me even know now. If it scares my flesh, it's not me. It's not me. Why? Because if the enemy tries to put some fear on you, that lets you even know, say it. Say it. Say it. Now, here's what everybody say. Well, what if it doesn't happen? You prophesy in part, you hear in part. Prophecy from a word is just me hearing from God and speaking to man. And we live in a realm of prophetic potential. You can decide whether to walk it out or not. It really has nothing to do with me. It actually has everything to do with you. That's why your walk with God is between you and God. And when you get around the spirit of prophecy, 
it should just begin to affirm things and direction in your life. It's still up for you to choose to walk it out. In what? In the obedience of God. How this kid becomes a college graduate has everything to do with his choices. Has everything to do with his what he does starting a prayer meeting. Has everything to do with him. Jason and Deanna, what they do in Ravenna has everything to do with their choice. But here's what they know. They agreed in their spirit with what was said. Amen. It was true that they are tied to the city of Ravenna as a son and daughter. What that looks like, I have no idea. I have no idea. I just know you're supposed to go there and pray and prophesy. And God will take care of the rest. God will take care of the rest. So, Father, we thank you for what you did in this room, God. God, I ask that you bring increase in every single way into our lives. In every single way, God. And I ask that you give clear direction to everybody in this room of what they're supposed to do, who they're supposed to talk to, how they're supposed to go about it. And God, there's one thing that is going to surround every decision we make and know that you're in it. Goodness and mercy will follow us. How do we know we're doing the right things? Goodness and mercy will follow us because you're a good father. And you want us to delight in you so that you will give us the desires of our heart. God, I thank you for every heart in this room. I thank you for every dream in this room. I thank you for every family in this room. God, I even thank you for the healthy tension that people are going through right now because all things work together for the good to those that love God. God, I thank you for the healthy tension in this nation because all things work together for the good to those that love God. God, I thank you for high gas prices. God, I thank you for inflation in the economy. Why? Because you're about to give provision to your sons and daughters. God, you're not going to let us go without God, you are going to provide for everybody in this room. We will not fear of this economy. Why? Because you are with me. And you love us. We are the beloved by God. And I thank you for that. You will provide. You are Jehovah Jireh. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from the North Beach. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage.